This is Carl Zinsmeister with Sweet Charity, a series of stories about how private giving solves public problems, adapted from the Philanthropy Roundtable's Almanac of American Philanthropy, which is now available in a new compact edition. You know, a lot of people assume that funding high-end medical research is something best left to government entities like the National Institutes of Health or the National Science Foundation. That couldn't be further from the truth. The most spectacularly successful medical research institution on Earth is Rockefeller University in New York City. If Rockefeller University were a nation, it would be number four in the world for Nobel Prizes won in the field of medicine. Last year, yet another of its faculty members won the latest of its 25 Nobel Awards. The institution was launched by John Rockefeller after the loss of one of his grandchildren to scarlet fever cemented his determination to battle cruel illnesses with his own wealth. In addition to this New York City institution, Rockefeller supported health research in a variety of other ways and places. Some deep investigation by the Philanthropy Roundtable a few years ago found that more than 60 Nobel scientists had benefited at some point in their career from Rockefeller financial support. The breakthroughs we can attribute to these donations include things like blood typing, the discovery of DNA, the taming of yellow fever, methadone treatment, the most effective AIDS drugs, and thousands of other medical innovations. Meanwhile, more than a century after its creation, Rockefeller University not only remains astonishingly productive, but is still powered mostly by donated money. For our winter 2018 issue, Philanthropy Magazine had a chance to interview Russ Carson, a major contemporary donor in New York City who has been a longtime supporter of Rockefeller University and chairman of its board of trustees for the last 11 years. Listen to him describe how important private giving continues to be at this national scientific gem. We get roughly $100 million of grants from the National Institute of Health Mm -hmm. every year. We have a $350 million operating budget. Mm -hmm. We happen to have a $2 billion endowment, so we get $100 million plus from the the endowment. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it is raised through private philanthropy and through private gifts and grants. So the the government funds less than 30% of the uh, the activity at, at the university. In addition to giving Rockefeller University their money, Russ Carson and other private donors give it lots of careful management oversight. As a result, the place is structured much more productively than a typical university or large bureaucracy. There are 81 separate laboratories at Rockefeller U, each headed by an eminent scientist who reports directly to the president. There are no formal departments. The bureaucracy is minimal, and the administration is extremely lean. The best scientists in the world are mostly just left alone to do science at the very highest level. From the board side, the question is, how do you create a a management structure Mm -hmm. that enables the scientists to do their great things with as little interference and Mm -hmm. and as little bureaucracy as possible? Even more consequential today than the volume of philanthropic dollars being pumped into medical research is the flexibility of those donations. Two years ago, for an article I wrote in Philanthropy Magazine, I called up the directors of many of the top research labs in the U.S. I asked them to compare government grants to donated dollars. They told me that their donated money is absolutely crucial to their success because it can be so much more innovative. 
Federal grants come wrapped in heavy requirements and strictures. They can't be moved to new projects if you reach a dead end. And they are rarely awarded to the kind of high-risk, high-reward researchers who are responsible for most scientific breakthroughs. Would you believe that only 1% of NIH grants today go to researchers who are 35 or younger? The average age at which researchers get their first federal grant is now 43. In science, you're a dinosaur by that age. Philanthropic money is just the opposite. Donors are often willing to bet on new investigators and unproven ideas. They will buy machinery and buildings and assistance for scientists who are producing, while government grants can only be used for one rigidly defined experiment. Donated funds can be shifted around by recipients from one project to another to feed whatever is progressing best. These are the reasons why even in places where gift money is smaller in volume than government money, it usually produces much bigger returns. The result is simple. Wherever U.S. medical science is moving fast today, it's often philanthropic money that's pushing the frontiers. For Sweet Charity, this has been Carl Zinsmeister. And for more tales from the Almanac of American Philanthropy, which is now available in an updated compact edition, find the book at Amazon. Amazon.